Hi there, welcome to the HR Hub. If you've listened to the podcast before, you'll realize that this is a new name, but we're going to talk about all the same things. Uh, We're going to talk about all the HR issues that will help you advance your career, and I am still on YouTube as well. Today, my guest is Erica Blaine. Erica is the Director of Professional Standards and Registrar at CPHR Alberta. When I was asking around for someone to talk to about this topic, Erica was the one I was pointed to. Hi, Erica. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. I'm looking forward to talking about this. It's sort of been on my mind, I guess, for Mm -hmm. about, I don't know, six to eight months. When did we put these into practice or when did they become public? The new framework was um, announced last December. So, well, okay. not last December, December 2021, sorry, okay. um, was when we announced it to the membership across Canada. Um, and it had been working, they've been working on the update for about a year, year and a half up to the point, that point. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so tell us a little bit about these, well, the new framework, mm-hmm. uh, the competencies and what drove the change. Well, what drove the change, it, it had been a while since they had looked at the framework previously. Um, they want to look at it regularly every few years or so to make sure it's still relevant. Um, and human resources has a field that's grown, it's changed, it's diversified a lot over the years since its mm-hmm. inception. And so CPHR Canada worked closely with HR professionals across the country um, to just review the framework to make sure it was still in line mm-hmm. with the working world today. Yeah, so that was what drove us to to make those changes for it. So tell us a little bit about the new competencies. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, a lot, it hasn't, it's an updated framework. So a lot of it is still very similar. If you were um, familiar with the previous framework, you'll see that a lot of it is still very similar. Mm -hmm. Um, But in some cases, there have been some changes in order to make it a little more nuanced and more clear and a bit more relevant. Would Mm -hmm. you like me? go through some of the main changes? Yes, if you would. Sure. So, um, yeah, once you get a chance to look at it, you'll notice that we they grouped the competencies together. Um, it used to be nine separate competencies. Uh, now they're grouped into separate groups just to clarify which ones relate to other ones. Um, okay. And although a lot of HR professionals, especially in smaller organizations, are responsible for all the competencies, um, these groupings do mirror how HR is kind of delineated or separated in larger organizations. So that was one change that happened. Okay. Um, Another big change was, um, you'll see the addition of the competency innovation, it's called. So that was put in there really through the last couple of years, through the pandemic and that situation a lot of hr professionals really had to be agile they had to innovate in order to continue to do their roles and to meet their requirements but in a constantly changing environment with changing legislation different safety protocols so innovation is something that has come to the forefront for hr professionals Mm -hmm. and so they added that area of focus um, to the competency framework just because it seems to become increasingly important in this day and age Another big change, I'll just tell you the other change was um, we used to have engagement as a competency in the framework, and that one has been changed to be inclusion, diversity, and human connection. So it's a bit more varied. And again, that's just to help with the increasing call for 
you know, inclusivity as well as diversity in organizations and the role that HR has to play with that. Another note is we removed a competency that was called professional practice. Um, and it was a competency that was really about just being a professional. So making mm-hmm. sure you knew the law, making sure you followed the code of ethics, understanding business, having leadership skills. So it's very important items. Um, so even though it was removed as one of the main nine competencies, a lot of those skills are still represented in the framework through the what are called general competencies, which are less HR focused and more just about being a great leader and a great employer uh, employee. You know, it's interesting in the channel uh, and all the conversations conversations I had that that particular aspect of the previous framework didn't really ever have a place to land. Nobody ever talked about it. So, mm-hmm. you know, in my in my two senses, that is probably a good idea. Part of the reason we removed it or changed it, put it in differently, is to clarify what it meant to be a professional through those general competencies. Um, So that was more clear. And they really wanted to separate um, like the HR focused competencies and have that be the main framework. And then the general competencies were more about, you know, being good at your job, being a valued member of the team, being a strategic person table so that general competencies that's also where all the soft skills land like your Mm -hmm. communication skills so yeah i can go through them um yeah it is all those things so leading projects being ethical making sure you stay on top of your continuous learning um yes collaboration communication Mm. advising guiding people business acumen Um, working on your relational intelligence, working well with others, those sorts of things. So really all things that, I mean, these aren't HR specific. These are what almost everyone should have if they're working in a, in an environment with other people, really. Yeah. Uh, All right. So any other major changes to the framework that people are going to want to know about? Um, The other last one was before it was split up into kind of those HR competencies as it is now. And then there was enabling competencies they had called them before. Those were removed. But again, a lot of what they entailed are still in the framework through, again, those general competencies. So it's things like conflict management, um, communication, those sorts of things. So they are still there. They just have a different label and they're more specific and clear i would say in the current framework as well yeah because i i find that a lot of the guests on the channel they want to talk about conf conflict resolution and i think mm-hmm. that hr is often you know we're the mediator we're the police so they want to talk about that stuff a lot sure. and we'll want to see that that is still part of the framework yeah and some of that that conflict management part of that is engagement as well because really or the inclusion diversity and human connection area because really conflict comes through that um you know interacting with other people in the workplace and then resolving it that way right so it's covered in a couple areas yeah okay anything else no really that's those are the main changes that um they did and they really did it just to show it's like to move beyond having HR in these silos that it was before yeah, and showing that yes. there, yeah. Right. Because we can't yeah. silo. There's compensation, there's labor relations, there's mm-hmm. whatever, you know, whatever yeah. else. Um, yeah. And so part of the motivation was to uh, have a better sense of integration. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And to, to recognize that HR is becoming more strategic as well. How do these changes affect people who are at different stages of the designation? For sure. So uh, really the first step is there's an exam that people have to write. Um, and so this competency framework is the basis for that exam, the national knowledge exam it's called. So um, yeah, so understanding this framework obviously is extremely important in order to be successful on that exam. Is the MKE gonna change a lot? Um, it hasn't. Again, a lot of these things were still in the framework before and tested on. It's just they've organized it differently and relabeled them to be more clear. And they've added a few things, obviously, too, as things change. So it's not vastly different at all. It's still the same layout. Um, it's still 10% for each competency and 10% for those general competencies. Mm -hmm. So that's still the same. It's just there will be a few more questions on things like innovation, inclusion, diversity, some of those things that, that weren't on the exam before were added. And so that actually, the first exam based on the new framework was run in um, the fall of 2022. Okay. Mm -hmm. So once people pass the exam, they're what's called a CPHR candidate. So they're on their way to getting the designation. Okay. And the next step for that is to do an experience assessment of sorts. Yeah. Um, and really the framework is the basis for that assessment. So candidates have to show that they have proficiency in eight of these areas, not eight of the areas, sorry, that sounds. Anyways, they have to show that they, they'll get into it once they start working on it, but proficiency in several of those competencies in order to um, pass the experience assessment and to get that designation. You you corrected yourself about the eight. Right, now I'm curious. Yeah. Well, because it's not, because um, these are the nine competencies, but then they're also broken down, like there's sub-competencies underneath just to give more specific detail about what it means to have proficiency in that area. Um, and so it's really, they just need to show those little sub-competencies. It's eight of those that they need to show. Yeah, that doesn't seem so bad. No, it's not. <laughs> Most people can do it. Um, and that's the point. We want people to, you know, have the experience. And because these are focused in HR, if they're working in an HR role, chances are good they're going to have exposure to more than eight, obviously. But if they can show that they have really good proficiency in at least eight, then they'll have a good chance of passing the the accept assessment and getting their designation. I know this isn't an interview about the uh, MKE, but... Could I have eight of the general skills, which are not necessarily uh, HR related? And pass? No. No. So actually in those general competencies, we don't, those aren't used for the uh, experience assessment because it does need to be the HR focus. I mean, it'll come through if people have those as well um, in their examples. And again, most people do. If they're a professional working at an organization, chances are good they, you know, they are following most of those general competencies anyway. So it's the HR specific ones that they need to show proficiency in. Yeah. So those who have their designation obviously have to do their continuing professional development every year. Mm -hmm. And so using the framework as a way to, you know, kind of guide them through their continuing professional development is a good idea mm -hmm. because in order for hours to count, 
um, for their CPD is what we call it. Yeah. They do have to be related to the framework, which is because it's really extensive. That's pretty simple, but that's just how um, chartered members would use this new framework to help guide their their continuing professional development requirements. And now seeing as we went there as well, I'm going to ask another question, not exactly related to the framework, but the CPD requirements mm-hmm. uh, to have and maintain your CPHR, uh, how many do you need a year? You need 10 CPD hours per year, but you have to have 60 over any three-year period. So if you only have 10 one year, you need to have more in the other two years. So generally, we tell people aim for 20 every year. Right. Is that 20 hours? Yeah, 20 hours. Correct. Okay, of approved training. It doesn't, I mean, we look at it. It's not like pre-approved or anything. It just, it has to be something that's related to HR. So it honestly... It can be workshops, courses that you take, conferences you attend. It can be volunteer work you do, self-directed learning. So listening to podcasts or reading books. There's other, oh, mentoring, coaching, being mentored. There's a lot of different ways to get your hours. And professional practice is what, like your job. So if you're doing um, new work in your area, or if you're making major updates to, you know, an employee handbook or something like that, all of those things all count for CPD hours as well. So it's, most people don't have troubles maintaining their, their designation. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I did not, I actually didn't know that. So we've been talking about people's development, but how can someone use the new set of competencies, the framework to improve themselves professionally? So the framework, it really covers everything, HR pretty much. So using the framework as a foundation for further learning or education is a really good way to use it to help yourself professionally. Um, Yeah, if you're looking to expand your knowledge or if you think there's some more insight that you, you need, Um, looking at the framework and looking into those areas will help you understand what you, maybe what you already know and maybe what you need to know and help you to help you become better at your, your job and become just an overall more well-rounded HR employee. Mm -hmm. It's also a good place to look if you're, if you're wanting to, I mean, perhaps your organization is looking to expand their HR as a whole. So it's a good place to look, to see what maybe is missing from Right. Yeah, from your HR overall at your organization too. So, where does change management fall now? Oh man, you just asked right. me. Right, it's one spot. Answer too. I think it's under um, organizational change and development. Okay, that would make sense. Of, yeah, which is part of the strategic development mm-hmm. of organizations that area. Yeah, that was a you know reflecting on you know the videos I've done and the relevance to HR. That was one where I couldn't like when I was trying to put it in the old framework, it didn't land nicely. That one was in an enabling competency before. It was one of those ones they took a whole bunch of again like those general competencies yeah. and kind of tried to shove them into five that were there was too much in each one is what I felt and change management was in there. Yeah, like a small little piece. So yeah, it's better that it's more recognized and outside of that because it is a huge part it's, of it's, HR. It's and, a huge yeah. part of HR. Yeah. And um, and my guests talk about it a lot. Okay, final question here. Mm-hmm. Uh, if someone wanted to know more, 
about these competencies, about the framework, about writing their MKE, about becoming a CPHR, where do they go? Mm -hmm. Well, they can go to our website as one, so cphrab.ca, um, and you can find the competency framework listed there and also any information about the exam, the experience assessment, how to get your designation, and you can reach out to anyone on my team at our organization as well. Mm -hmm. And really any CPHR website across Canada, you should be able to find that. So each province has its own association. So we're the Alberta one, obviously. Yeah. So depending where people are, they can look at their own provincial site and find more information on that too. Right. Except Ontario. Right. Still... Ontario is different. <laughs> They're separate. Yeah. And seeing as I have you as a captive audience right now, uh, what's the link between CPHR and some of the other major uh, worldwide HR bodies? Yeah. Well, the main one that we in Alberta recognize is with SHRM, so the American HR um, designation. Yeah. And we have an agreement where our members, our CPHR members, the ones who are yeah. chartered, they yes. can be recognized through SHRM and have carry one of the SHRM designations as well. Okay. So there's a process you have to go through. Um, and I don't know what it is right off the top of my head currently, but people apply for it. We have a link where you can go and apply for it. And then we just confirm that they are chartered and then SHRM grant them their designation. And then we do the same for SHRM members as well. So we've had members come to us and if we can verify their SHRM designation, then they can be granted the CPHR designation that way as well. Right. So that's really good for people who work because a lot of you know companies work cross borders now, especially with the US. So yes. um, yeah, that's been very useful for a lot of members. Yeah, and so do you have to pay dues in both countries then? Um, for SHRM, you do not technically need to be a member in order to maintain your designation. Okay. So you don't have to pay dues there. What you have to do is recertify through them. So it's every three years. And I think it costs, don't quote me on it, but 65 American dollars, I think, to recertify. Yeah, that's not bad. With them. So that's all you have to pay. I mean, being a member is helpful because they have, I know, great resources and a good mm -hmm. conference and all sorts of things. So lots of people are members, but it's not required in order to maintain your designation. Hey, well, thanks to Erica. I certainly see in my consulting practice and through the YouTube channel how the shift in perspective is necessary and welcome. And I talked about that a bit in during the episode and we've reached the end of this one. Thanks for listening out there. We're going to catch you next time when I talk shop with another insightful guest.